Levels. Levels. We got levels. Take two. Here we go. Welcome to the Baseball STL Podcast. JJ Bailey back with you again, and for the second time in as many weeks, producer Mike, not only on the decks, but also on the mic, stepping up, and a very special day for you. It is your birthday, Michael. It is. Thank Happy you, Happy birthday. And you are... Uh, We'll say old enough to drink a beer, mm-hmm. not old enough to run for president. Correct. Old enough to rent a car? Not quite. Not quite old yeah. enough to I'm, rent a car. I'm, I'm in my Kobe year, but not ah. not the, the, the early Kobe I was going to say, you sound very <laughs> mature for an eight-year-old, my man. I know. I, and it's not, I'm not that far off. But yeah, I'm in the, <laughs> I'm in the twilight Kobe year right now. The okay. Pa- the Pau Gasol, not the Shaq Kobe years. Ooh, worse Kobe years. But you think? Uh, was eighty-one points? Eighty-one points 81 was post Shaq. Post Shaq was, was it not? Yeah, it was. He yeah, was, it was tw- in Toronto. Was, yeah, yeah. So that was a good one. Yeah. Well, and he got. Ooh, but two? you're also in like the Kwame Brown, Smush Parker Kobe years. As yeah, well. and like the Luke Walton mm. Kobe year. But he you mean, won two. You mean head coach Luke Walton? I mean head coach yeah. of LeBron James, Luke Walton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> definitely how that dynamic's gonna play out. <laughs> Oh, welcome back to the Baseball STL yeah. Podcast, yeah, we're back. where we talk all NBA. It is Mike's birthday. Mike graciously uh, came into work, for one, but two, uh, is going to do double duty as producer and co-host uh, this week. Uh, part of the reason is we're a little bit behind, because I have been working with uh, uh, another name you might know, Alexis Sotos, over here at KMOV. Um, we have launched a second podcast called Meet St. Louis, which you should definitely check yeah, out. Check it, it out, folks. Uh, if you're a fan of the Cardinals, you're probably from the area. Or if you are you come down to the area to see games, uh, Meet St. Louis is all about the places that you should eat and drink and uh, frequent. Yep. What are you and talking about this week? This week is Craft Beer Week. So we have done – that's part of the reason we are so behind. Um, we've done a – we're releasing a podcast every day this week to celebrate Craft Beer Week. So we've got Schlafly on there. I'm sorry, Schlafly on there. Um <laughs> Old Bakery, which is on the east side. We've got Hop Shop coming tomorrow, which is a bottle shop. We got uh, oh, uh, Second Shift, Mike Rockwell. Sweeney, and Rockwell, which is going to be opening in September. So anybody looking to come down from Chicago or up from Memphis or Nashville, if you listen, uh, there will be a new St. Louis brewery for you to check out. It's pretty awesome. Um, but enough. Enough non-baseball stuff. Straight to baseball. Meet St. Louis on Stitcher and <laughs> iTunes. And please gotta listen plug, to it so plug. I keep my job. Cardinals, status check, 55-53, seven and a half games back in the Central, four and a half games back in the wild card. But more importantly, the trade deadline has come, and it has passed. And not a whole lot of fireworks, I would say. I no, think. Uh, and our prediction was we weren't going to be sellers, we weren't <laughs> going to be buyers. And that's that's pretty much what they were. And I said, you know, when when the, when Tommy Pham was moved, and the return was three very young pitchers who are down in the system, A ball, Double A. Um, none of them were in the Rays' top ten prospect list. They I was like number fourteen, number twenty five, right. and not listed, I believe. Um, that felt a little bit like selling to me because that is a forward-looking move if I've ever seen one. But, you know, they moved a couple pieces around. You know, Chase and Shreve came. Uh, Luke Voigt was shipped out for him. But I think the real market of, like, they're not selling is that Jose Martinez and Bud Norris are still on the team. That's correct. And that was 
going into uh, last week with the deadline, or this week actually, we, we figured that that was going to be the two biggest pieces, that if, if they moved those two, it was pretty much going to be announced that we're looking for. I mean, they are looking forward to 2019 still, even with keeping those guys, but that seemed like the two moves that other That's teams. Like, the 2018 is done now. Yes, yeah. but they, they're still holding on somehow. Um, I think the Tommy Pham move is really interesting for Tampa because they're kind of marketing him as their player now. They the, His first game, he was batting cleanup for them, yeah. which he never got an opportunity to do that here. So I'm really happy for Tommy Pham. Um, his tenure was pretty interesting in, in St. Louis. Yeah, volatile. Not, yes. not not I wouldn't say volatile and like in he wasn't he wasn't way. cutting up jerseys no. like no. sale <laughs> or anything. But he was it was up and down. It was there was a lot of injuries. Um God, you know, there's there's a story that I think I'll I'll put up on the app as kind of like a in memoriam to Tommy's time here. But there was a story we did, we profiled him when he finally came up and like how many times in the minors he had a torn labrum or a broken wrist or then his eyes and then he pulled his groin and you know, he he pulled muscles when he was up in the majors and he would break camp with the team and then just be sidelined for six weeks. And I was glad that he got 2017 because yeah. that was the season that Tommy Pham always believed he was capable of. And I think to some degree the Cardinals thought he was capable of, uh, which is why they hung on for all those years through all the injuries. Um, and I know this season hadn't played out quite as well as he was hoping for, uh, there's still plenty of time left for those those year-end stats to kind of raise raise their raise their value, but mainly I, I'm gonna miss Tommy Pham's personality. Oh yeah, like he he was Tommy Pham was like a, a shark, like like <laughs> like not like a normal shark, but like the sharks from like Deep Blue Sea, oh, that God. like with a singular purpose and dedication um, that few people you ever talk to maybe show like. Adam Wainwright is a guy that is dedicated to his craft, certainly. But when you talk to Adam Wainwright, you like he he kind of shields that a little bit. You know what I mean? Like it, you're just having a conversation, so it's not that side doesn't come out. Tommy Pham was constitutionally incapable of keeping that intensity like behind a wall when he's talking to you. Now, when he does his youth camps, which a lot of people have cited, like he did a lot of stuff in the community that people the did not know about. Yeah, and those of like uh, Brooke Grimsley, who was on. Our, our podcast, I think it was two, two three weeks back. Um, she was out there and covered the, the youth camp in the area. And she was, when she came back, she's like, I've never seen Tommy Pham smile this much. She's like, I've never yeah, seen yeah. him have this much fun. And I think that was the only kind of time where he could let that thermonuclear uh, Iron Man style, like, arc reactor that it's burns within him. miles an hour on a treadmill. Yeah, like, on. it was the only yeah. time he could kind of shut that off for a little bit when yeah. he was doing this. And I think... That's that's kind of a it's it's rare because you know that all athletes professional athletes are a little bit insane they have to be to reach that level. Tommy Pham was the only one that was very comfortable letting you see that. Yeah, I'm kind of insane, and I'm also going to tell you the the clinical reasons that I am being insane about this thing because I need to get my flatline speed up to 22 and a half miles an hour because you know Buxton can do that, so I need to do that. And he also really just was an honest, candid person. He would speak his mind, which that's that was really appreciated. I think by a lot of people that he was upfront and honest about anything because I think every a lot of athletes today are very calculated in what they say and Tommy was just going to be honest with you about everything if he was having a bad day he was going to mm -hmm. let you know if he was feeling himself he was oh, going to let you know because you know. you know, I always go back and I'm a, uh, a big sports fan all across and Russell Wilson drives me crazy out of oh, more yeah, than it corny yeah. yeah like I, I gotta thank God for this and 
and it's all about the team go Hawks you know yeah. and it's just everything it seems like he like practiced it in the mirror before he said it to the media and yeah. Tommy you just you got Tommy every time you talk to him which well, I think a lot of people really liked about and him. my favorite my favorite thing that he ever said was um, <laughs> we were talking it was like two years ago we were interviewing him he's like he got caught stealing and the Cardinals said like they want him to be aggressive on the bases and, and he's obviously fast enough to steal some bases and he was running through how many stolen bases he had in the minors and he was like, yeah, like, I think it was like, it was only like eight or nine, right? And he was like, yeah, those eight or nine, like, you know, like, I was really feeling it. Um, and then there was two more where the umpire just got the call wrong. So I really had like 10 or 12. And there was one where, like, I think I just got a little bit of a bad jump. So it's like, and by the time he had done, ex- like, been done explaining everything, he had like 22 stolen bases <laughs> in the minors. And it was, it was actually super fun because he was like, that's how we all view our stuff, right? Yeah. Like. We always feel like, oh no, I like I, that dude fouled me, right? Like yeah. I would have made that shot, but that guy fouled me. Right. Like, and Tommy, like t- you got to see yourself in Tommy Pham and the way he constantly thought he could be better, and he constantly, when he revisited things, he was. It was rare that he would take all the blame on himself. Um, he, w- but like it's hard not to think that that's not fair because when you think of all the moving parts that happen, umpire calls and signals and everything else you know the way the guy takes a pitch at the plate like yeah man i could tommy fam sees all of that stuff he's like bradley cooper and limitless when he's out there like he sees everything and so it was fun to hear him break down all the minute details that he thought maybe resulted in an unjust conclusion and i will miss tommy fam greatly even the Cardinals said that uh i think it was adam wainwright said that like it was like his second year up tommy's second year up and he like just stood up in the clubhouse and started giving people the business about like playing better and doing the, you know being more disciplined and stuff and adam wainwright was kind of like i think it was Adam, i can't remember but he was I, it was it was somebody who was a veteran on the team that was like who is this man <laughs> like he's been around for like a year and a half and tommy didn't care no it's tommy, confidence people people appreciate that especially in the clubhouse and so i think the cardinals the cardinals will miss him his fire his i mean his his ability as well um and certainly the fans and media will miss him because he is one of the most uh, refreshingly honest people uh, that you you deal with in any in any profession, not just sports. I think it was cool too because with this generation of Cardinals players, not to knock them at all, but they've been kind of bland. Mm-hmm. And Tommy gave you some spice. He really he, he was really a character. Did. He was yeah. he was it was it was refreshing. He was yeah. Dude got thrown out of like the first inning. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, man. Like. You need a little – I know the Cardinals don't like that. They don't like a giant personality. Right. They like just like a steady team. It's all about the team. team. Yeah. But it is, it is undeniably more fun to root for a team, to cover a team, just to watch a team that has some, some – like a vibe to them, like somebody with some, with some character, some, some spice, as you said, some, some salt in them. And Tommy was that guy. Um, also on the way out, I think I covered this. Luke Boyd, mm-hmm. uh, Sam Tuivalalo was traded as yeah, well. Yeah, I have to throw that on there. Um, that was disappointing for us because we hyped him up so much. I know, on the last I know, I know. So excited to see him get some more reps, and then nope, well, off to, to be Seattle. fair, I mean, it was one of those things where it's like, look, you got to see if you have value here. And somebody else, some other organization said, yeah, yeah you got value. I want it. Yeah. So we'll they, something for it. yeah, they. I think that was you know overall, I, I would have liked to see him in the bullpen full time, but it's a good move to get. You address some needs. You got some relievers back. You got mm-hmm. a left-handed reliever, which is necessary. Um, but now the outfield, uh, you know, a lot of this was clearing out log jams, right? I right. mean, you moved out some underperforming, you know, Greg Holland DFA. Man, a lot has happened. Uh, Greg Holland DFA, which was a no-brainer. Uh, Tyler, Tyler Lyons. Lyons DFA. 
pretty much a no-brainer as well, given his the way this season has gone. Um, you moved Brett Cecil to the DL with foot inflammation. I'm not entirely sure that that's a thing. Foot inflammation. Um, it might be, but so you moved, you cleaned out some bullpen, you brought in some new bullpen, right? I mean, you got lefty, you got a lefty reliever, you got Chasen Shreves in um, from New York. Uh, you got a couple guys in the minors now who profile as probably like there's a couple guys who have done really really well uh, at least at Double A in relief work, um, but then you move to the outfield and Tommy Pham is cleared out, mm-hmm. Tyler O'Neill is up, and Mike Schultz says it's going to be fifty fifty, Bader, and O'Neill in center, yeah. which interesting. I'm surprised that Bader is not getting more of a full-time gig. a full-time run in center, given that he is one of the best defensive outfielders in baseball. So you're saying you would like to see Bader full-time and O'Neill in a Fowler platoon? Yeah, platoon yeah. in right field. And and, I, and and the reason being is that Tyler O'Neill can mash. I mean, there's no denying that, but he's also got pretty high strikeout numbers. Yeah, he's a guy that, and I know that they want to see. Okay, can he cut those down at the major league level? Because I think he was, I think he was thirty or more percent strikeouts. Yeah, it wasn't great his last stint, but he was hitting. Yeah, I mean, and and he's, he's and yeah. he can and he can he can mash, but I think fifty fifty him and Bader. I don't know if you really find out if either guy can hit on an everyday basis if you do that with him, and I think that the the value proposition for O'Neill as a power hitter makes him. A better fit in a platoon with a guy like Fowler, yeah, who's 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 not. I mean, he's just not hitting that well this year, yeah. right? And I'm like, you get better defense on the field every day in Bader, and then you find out if with every day at bats he can adjust, and then you use O'Neill 50-50 with Fowler, and you see how much maximum value you can get out of that, like the the power, even though it's in kind of fits and starts in terms of his consistency in at bats. But I think that Bader 50%. O'Neill 50%, you run the risk of getting into a real bad run of strikeouts for both of them. Yeah. And you don't really get the value if you're swip, you know, sw- swapping them in and out. And then if Fowler's not hitting as well, well, now you got three outfielders who are roughly – who are playing, you know, playing most of the time that are not – they're not contributing for you. Above average. Yeah, and, and you kind of touched on it. It's kind of uh, – Bader has shown that when he gets consistent playing time, he's – he can hit that around like 280 mark and stuff. But whenever you play him every other day or every three days, yeah. he struggled. So then this past since the the past couple of days, he's played great. But before that stretch, when Tommy Fowler and Ozuna were getting the bulk of the playing time, he was kind of struggling at the play. Still playing great defense, they which can't is, take that away. And I'd say for this team, I think great defense, consistent great defense, you'll take it yeah, right now. Absolutely. I mean, that's the reason that Colton Wong was on the field is because. He can change the game for you defensively, right. even if he's not hitting. And I think that you need that. Yeah. You need that. Now, Jose Martinez, we were – I mean, if I would, I would have bet every penny I have, every penny I have saved away that Jose Martinez would be in the American League by the time we do this podcast. Right. Now, Mosellock said, look, I, we're not going to pretend we didn't try. He just said the return wasn't there. Same for Bud Norris. Interesting. You know, Bud Norris certainly looked like contender needs another late-inning arm. Uh, Bud's your man. Cardinals, you know, they have Jordan Hicks as the heir apparent to the closer role, it would appear. Um, but Mosaic said about that, same thing. Uh, return wasn't there. And also, 
He said, you could move Hicks into the closer role, but we like the way the back of the games look right now. To have Hicks and Norris in the eighth, yeah. in the ninth, maybe the seventh, um, that's we need that right now. Um, I don't know what the return – I'd be curious to hear what a return for a guy like Jose Martinez What was proposed. Yeah, yeah. what team – I would – I mean, it, obviously it has to be an American League team, but – I don't know if a team like the Mariners. It seems like they've been making trades with the Mariners a lot yeah, lately. Yeah, but that would be a team. Really that, good I know pitchers. they have. They, I know they have Cruz as their main DH. But just in a playoff game, a guy like Martinez off the bench, I think would make a lot of sense. The Indians maybe. And, and this could be. Yeah, that's that's what I was kind of surprised about. And like I think even the Indians for Norris would be. I would think. And an easy a few fit people too. thought maybe the Indians would like Fam on the Indians would have been. Yeah, because we talked about them really wanting an outfielder. Yeah, which I don't believe they made. A, the Indians didn't make any huge moves, did they? I, I checked out. Head. I checked out, and I wasn't <laughs> really monitoring the Indians too close. But, yeah. um, I think I'd be interested to see what the return was or what the proposed return was for Jose Martinez, simply because um, we viewed him as like a you know a bench bat, also an everyday DH bat. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly a guy that can hit you know around three hundred. 25, maybe 30 home runs with consistent, maybe more with consistent at bats. Yeah, who knows? Um, but however, he's older, and is he just about to turn 30? About 29? I or think so? he might be 30 by the time that this the comes season. out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's also one of those things that you know you might his his best value fit might have been just in this lineup, or or off this bench. Because if you know if they're looking at him, I mean he's cost controlled forever, which is why I'm kind of surprised nobody really bid on him. Um, but people might be looking at him like, look, he's not he's not a Nelson Cruz, Albert Pujols level DH. Yeah. Um, so and he's older, and maybe they didn't they weren't sure. Maybe there's not a big enough sample size for people to trust him and is a is a legitimate trade piece. But in the end, it's you know he doesn't have a position, but it's fairly clear. They're not trying to find him a position right now. They're right. They've got the they know they want. Role. Yeah, yeah. They're they're Carpenter they at first. They know where they want him and that his fit is as a as a bench bat and a fill in bat, and that's fine. I mean, you're, it's yeah. not like you're paying him fourteen million dollars. Right. You know he's and he's you got him you got him essentially for the rest of his career on the rookie deals and arbitration. So, I guess, hey, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But Norris again, you know, he's not a long term piece for your team, but. If you're really going to chase those four and a half games in the wild card, or if you really believe that you can close the seven and a half games in the central, you're going to need Norris. So right. I can understand if, if they're not, they weren't fully willing to commit to the sell-off, why you don't ship those guys for peanuts. Yeah. Cause even smaller returns on other guys, it's, it was a multiple stage move, right? You get the younger arms and you also clear out space for who you have now to find out where you got to go in free agency. What would you? Uh, what grade would you give this uh, trade deadline for the Cardinals? Oh, like incomplete. <laughs> no, um, I'd give it like for me. I'd probably give it like a C plus. Like, I'd do B. Yeah, C plus B minus yeah. is where I'm at. Um, I thought you could get a little bit more for Tommy Pham. Yeah. Um, you know, the I Rays, think if the he Rays goes have the a, number four, they have the number four system in baseball. Right. To not get one of their top ten guys. I just thought the Rays were an interesting team for him to go to, and I think what what the Cardinals got back for him kind of made sense. But I agree that they have a better farm. But if they, I think the return would have been bigger if it was like a team like the Indians, who are like, we need an yeah, outfielder. We, we we'll desperately give you, need one. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I would I would say in that C range is probably what I would. What Which I would and do. I and I mean, you know, three years from now we'll see where these right. single A rookie ball double A guys what they look like. Um, but yeah, like I I think if you're going to completely build toward the future, you didn't really do that. And if you're going to play for the present, you definitely you didn't, didn't do, do that. that. Yeah. And you kind of straddled the line there. And if there's a greater plan at, at play here where you're looking at free agency like, here we come, we're waving this wallet around like a goddamn broadsword, um, then sure. But right now it just kind of looked like you did some house cleaning. You moved – I mean, yeah, you yeah. got rid of some, some problem areas. You added some good system boosters. You could probably got a couple new arms in the bullpen. None of that drastically changes the landscape of this team. So, yeah, I, I, it just wasn't much. Like it was kind of a it was kind of a a dud firework. But we'll see how free agency goes. We'll see see how this team plays. And and they're heading into August. Um, August is a quite which, interesting month. Yeah, this is um, this is a month that this is a month that uh, like we had at the end of was it June? June. Yeah. This is your gauntlet. You're either. I mean. If you're going to make up the ground, you're going to have to do it now. Right. And you're going to have to do it against the Pirates in Teams Pittsburgh. Teams that you're in a playoff race with. The Nationals and Brewers at home, Dodgers and Rockies on the road, and then Pirates come back to St. Louis to, to close it out. And the only, the only thing I left off that list is in between there, there is a, a road trip where they go to Miami – Mm. Which should be wins, should be. and then they go to. <laughs> <laughs> they are so bad. And then they go to Kansas City uh, next weekend. Also trash. Right. So you're playing those teams listed are all teams that are in, that could make the playoffs potentially. So yeah. you, you have to make How up some the, ground. So the Pirates. The How Pirates? about the buy-in Pirates? I know that's and and we talked about that. Even a team. I don't think it's. It's that surprising to see a, a team like the Pirates go after him because the cost control. I mean, he's under contract. He's got a good deal. We talked. Yeah. We've had Brennan Schaefer on. He talked a lot about how he really wanted Chris Archer. Yeah, everyone. Everyone. He has been. He has been the guy every trade deadline. It feels like for yeah. five years now. The Pirates went out and got Chris Archer. Yeah. Good. Great for them. Which I, Brennan, I'm. We should. We should send somebody to check on him. Because we haven't. Has he been tweeting? Uh, he might. I think. He, I don't he, know. He had He's like somewhere. a thre- He had a thread of like seven tweets about it. I don't the, know if we've heard from him since. The, it's <laughs> like the Chris Archer went to an NL Central team, and the Cardinals did a trade with the Rays, and Chris Archer did not end up on the Cardinals. I, I, I'm worried that Brennan. That's it for him. Yeah. Like he's gonna, you know, how he has all that hair. He's gonna come in just bald. <laughs> just he's gonna look like Walter White at the end, just all haggard. Goatee. The Pirates buying. I think this. All right. So the Pirates clearly think they're gonna. They're, they're four they're out as of this podcast. And they were rattling. They rattled off what ten straight? Yeah, uh, eleven. Eleven straight. Yeah. Um, so they clearly think that that was not a flash in the pan. That this look, we're here. We're pretty close. You know, they already flipped McCutcheon to San. Excuse me, San Francisco. Garrett Cole. Flip Garrett Cole, they got Chris Archer. Yeah. They're, they're even if they don't have the horses. When you go to Pittsburgh this weekend, when they come here at the end of the month, you're playing a team that is very much, at least of the belief that they are in contention. And th- those teams play a little different. Right. I think the energy of a team changes at the deadline when you're a few games out, and instead of just kind of holding pat, you go out and make a, a, a splash. You go out and get a name. That energizes a team. They're like, look, we're going for it now. Like, there's a sense of urgency there. Um, so you're going to be running into that. And 
the Nationals, boy, that window is – that was fun. That was Bryce Harper is available. And then like an hour later, Bryce Harper is not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, this is it. You know, maybe they can re-sign him. Maybe they believe they can re-sign him. But clearly, if the Nationals are going to go and get back to, you know, get they, back to the playoffs, get back to an NLCS, get to the World Series. they got to start playing the Mets more often they, if they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, if you wait long enough, every team in New York is just going to be completely down in the DL with hand, foot, and mouth disease. And you can put up 25. Another bombs. one. Not a Met. Uh, uh, a Yankee. Yeah, who was that? J.A. Happ. Joins Noah Syndergaard. Uh, that baby disease is just rampaging through Gotham right now. So, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're in the AL or the NL East, uh, just wait it out, and at least two of those teams are just going to be completely consumed by this baby plague. Yuck. It's also crazy contagious. So is like, it really? Yeah. So, like, a bunch of people, like, could end up with this, which yes. would make me – very extremely happy. Um, around baseball. It's going to be fun, know, fun final two months. You called this before that the AL is uh, really so five. It's, it's you, got, you got your five. You're done. Um, the the NL, NL. There are 11 teams vying for five playoff spots, and those 11 teams are all within – well, from the uh, – out of the wild card teams – uh, the Giants are the worst of them, and they're only five games out. Well, and they're and and they're from. I mean, it's scattered. It's just every division's got teams in play, multiple right. teams in play: Phillies, Cubs, Diamondbacks, Dodgers, Brewers, Braves, Rockies, Pirates, Cardinals, Nats, Giants. Right? All those, all of them could, could are, are still at this point in they're the in season. Striking distance. Realistically, are one good series away from taking control of a wild card spot. Right. And the Cardinals are going to play a good handful of them here. Through August. Yeah. AL's a little bit more boring, man. Red Sox, Indians, Astros, Yankees, Mariners. Or? Or who? You want to yell it? Uh, the Oakland Athletics. The Oakland if, A's! If the season ended today, if the they, Mariners and Athletics would play in a one-game playoff. Burn off, yeah. Yeah. Which I'm... The A's are so much fun, man. Yeah. The A's are so much fun. The Red Sox... Honestly, like, the AL East is, is really fun, to be honest. Just, yeah. like... The, watching the Yankees and the Red Sox, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, they are – I wonder they, how many more times they play the rest of the I feel like years. it's the early 2000s again, man. They're both just yeah, the monsters. Yeah, They're just monsters. Um, the Indians still have the worst record of any of those teams, and they still have the biggest lead. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the, the AL is an absolute mess. The NL is, is chaos, but a lot of fun. The Cardinals, right. big month coming yeah. with a sorted lineup that – a sorted defense. Uh, Austin Gomber, who was announced today, will sh- will slot in for Carlos Martinez, who, if I was a betting man, would say is not going to pitch another inning again this year. Oh, okay. Um, with a shoulder strain, coming back from an oblique. I mean, this has got to stop. Like, he he has come back a couple times. He has not looked right when he came back. Yeah. One, you know, he had one start and he's back on the DL. I mean, we, we saw this with Alex Reyes. This is seen it with Adam Wainwright a few yeah, times. Yeah. You you got to like look. Shut this guy down, man. Like. Or or wait until October. I think they'll. I, if I you honestly, make it there, they'll uh, they'll kind of see how this month goes with the team, and if you're out of it, there's no reason yeah. to bring him back. I just don't understand. I mean, it felt early for him to come back from that oblique. Yeah, and 
you know, now he's got a shoulder strain. You saw his velocity yeah, shoulder's fall off. not something you mess around with. No, shoulder's career. Yeah. And I mean, like, I don't want to say, I'm not saying this is a career ender, right. but as Adam Wainwright said that time, he, he said, when it's your elbow, you think, thank God, because an elbow is a season, a shoulder can be a career. Right. So I don't think they need to be playing around with him anymore. Yeah. I think it's time to let, let him completely, yeah. completely heal let up. Let him heal. Austin Gomber is going to slot in. One of two uh, no-hit starting debuts from yeah. a week ago, two yeah. weeks ago now. Um, so he'll be in there. Waka Don't know. remains TBD. And what do you think about uh, Adam Wainwright? I gotta, do you think he'll pitch in 2018 again? It sure doesn't look like it. sure doesn't really? feel like it. Sure, you hear nothing. You hear no whispers about it, really. Yeah, I, I heard on the broadcast, I guess it was a couple nights ago, Jimmy Hayes says that he was really, really pushing to try to get in there one more time. Oh, I, I think that I think that knowing Adam Wainwright and how he's come back from big injuries before, he, he will he'll get his way. I think that the Cardinals would at least like, especially if they're out of it. That last home game, yep. I think Adam Wainwright takes the mound. Yep. Whether he, I said that at once when he yeah. went down, I said he's going to start one more game at Bush and hang it up. And, and I think that I think that's a that's and, an end to a great career. And he may he might not even throw that game, but he'll definitely come out as a starter. Yeah, and. He'll get his moment, and which he which he should he yeah, should absolutely. Um, but this is definitely yeah this is a turning this is a turning point in this team's iterations right the Adam Wainwright Yadier Molina era has yeah. has is is effectively coming to a close. Yadier's going to be around for a couple more years, right? But you're you're entering the new era of the well it was supposed to be Alex Reyes but um, Jack Flaherty Jack Flaherty's and and Jordan Hicks and. The Gyro Munozes, <laughs> the Gyro Munoz chapter of the Cardinals, and. Uh, you know, you're looking at the outfield like Harrison Bader, yeah. and you know Tyler Mar- could be uh, Marcelo Z- Ozuna uh, if you know if they decide to extend him. I mean, you're you're definitely you're turning a page here, right. and so the very nice bookend to that would be Adam Wainwright being able to stand on the mound at Bush one more time, um, and and kind of get his just send off his right. you know his due reward. Right. Um, but you got your lineup now. Right, I mean, you got your defense now. You know where your rotation effectively is because Gomber's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Walker's return would would shake things up. But you you know what the pieces you're working with. You have moved all the excess off the board. Now you go into this August run. It's do or die time. Right. And the one thing that you know that you won't be is the worst team in baseball <laughs> because our favorites, boy, the Orioles. Everything must go. They sold everything off. Good for yeah. them. Yeah, Mo Mo can't be with us right now, but Mo was beaming when yeah. he came in. Beaming. The rebuild is on. They moved every piece they could, and Chris Davis is still on the team, and his hundred and nineteen million dollars <laughs> or whatever he's owed. But they moved all their viable assets. Right. That's a rebuild. Now the Royals, they they didn't have much left to move, to be honest. They got rid of Moose, but they moved the last kind of big big, yeah, big chip, chip, right? Um, I don't think you know they're not going to trade. Teams don't trade catching. Almost ever. No, almost never do they trade catching and left-handed starters. Right. Um, so Perez is probably going to be on the Royals uh, for eternity. But Moustakis was the last thing they could move. They could flip him. They did. And now it's just a race to the bottom for them. It's a race to the bottom. They are one of – this is one of the most I, – I, can you recall a team that goes from World Series to – like complete non-factor and not non-factor just right now, but like clearly for years. This yeah. fast, the uh, well, the, both times the Marlins won the World Series. 
uh, yeah, they did. They, they had, did. But they did fire sales right after that. Yes, there, Th- that was that's that, a little. That different. was a very clear like we bought it, we're selling it. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. These two teams that were talking about it for the race for the worst team in baseball is the Orioles and Royals. That was the 2014 ALCS right there. Those were. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. That was only you know four years ago, oh. and then last year it, I uh, pointed it out recently that uh, last season or this season the top two draft picks were the Detroit Tigers and the San Francisco Giants they picked one two and they were in a World Series against each other in 2012 so yeah, these days it doesn't it does happen it, it, does, yeah, it happen. does happen it just feels like it just was it just feels like a just a crater like you got you got to the top of the mountain you planted your flag and then immediately started rolling down the other side like yeah. there wasn't even a yeah. a honeymoon period it felt no, like. not really well, uh, with that, we actually want to invite a special guest on this episode. All right, so we're going to do a, a special segment because uh, for the last, how many months has it been? It's been nine weeks. So for the last nine weeks, uh, KMOV Digital Department has had a, an intern named Rayleigh. Uh, she is a KU student, uh, but we won't hold that against her. And uh, for a long time, you know, Rayleigh kept quiet. She didn't really let us know that she was a big baseball fan. Uh, turns out she's a Royals fan uh, and an unhappy one at that. And so today is her last day with us uh, before she returns uh, to finish her education and, and eventually go on to a career where she will eventually hire all of us. Um, but we wanted to have her on uh, for what we were going to call Rayleigh's Royal Minute uh, because every disgruntled fan deserves a platform to yell about their team. And so we decided Rayleigh uh, – I guess just the floor is yours. How do you feel about where the, the state of the Royals at this point? And what's it been like being a fan that has been to the, the top of the mountain and is now somewhere at the bottom of the ocean? Well, as Michael pointed out, the Royals have won a World Series more recently than the Cardinals. <laughs> but um, She's just going to throw that in there before <laughs> everything gets sad here. Besides that, recently, it's been very sad. We just lost Mike Moustakis. Yeah, it's the last of the, mm-hmm. almost the last of the yeah. original crew. And then, you know, earlier we lost Kane and Hosmer, yeah. so it's just been going downhill. We're like... 25 games back <laughs> in the division. You're in a race for the worst team in baseball. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's still some competition there. And, you know, we have Sal Perez. Yeah. So that always makes everything better. Whit Merrifield's still out there. Mm-hmm. Which is a top 10 all-time baseball name. It's the most Whit it, Merrifield. It's the most country club sounding name I've ever heard. <laughs> Whit Merrifield, uh, Scooter Jeanette, also a great <laughs> yeah. baseball name. Yeah. Now, I have a question, really. If, if Sal Perez were to be traded... Um, what happens? Did like, do you just start over from scratch? I mean, how do you, how do you, do you even recognize the team after that? I would be devastated. <laughs> he's my Twitter header. He's, he's all I have. <laughs> he's all I have with the Royals right now, but I might just have to become a fan of whatever team he goes to because besides <laughs> him, you got Alex Gordon and yeah. like you said, Whit Merrifield, but the ageless, the ageless it's one. pretty shallow. So, uh, out of curiosity, why Royals? How come? I mean, you you're you're from the area. You're from the St. Louis area. Yes. No. I'm from Springfield, Missouri. Springfield. Oh, yeah. okay, that's right. That's yeah. a battleground. That's right. I was just yeah. thinking of you said you were staying you're staying nearby during nope. the internship. Yeah. Oh, okay. Both my parents are from Kansas, though, so it's always been okay. Jayhawks, Chiefs, Royals. Yeah, Chiefs. They're yeah. Chiefs, though. Fun, right? Chiefs, good. Yeah, we got Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes. I'm excited. Mahomes. So there's something to look forward to. So, how old were you when Mizzou and Kansas played uh, for number one back at Arrowhead? That was 2007. Seven. Yeah, so I would have been 
nine years old. Oh man, so that was yeah. a, that's a traumatic memory from, you, from your childhood then. So but I, you were so you, and then you were a little bit older for the Royals. So you've, yeah. you've, oh, yeah. you've, that you've been, wiped out the bad. Yeah, okay. I I'd rather remember basasketball the last time that Mizzou and Kansas played in basketball uh, in 2012 I don't recall <laughs> that at all I don't recall. well really thank you for doing this I know that you were, you thought I was kidding but I was 100% serious um, any final thoughts on the road where would you like to see the Royals go if you could get one you know the big free agency is coming up you got Harper uh, Machado could be a free agent you've got Andrew Miller Clayton Kershaw Ooh, could yeah. be a free agent if he opts out yeah. if you could get one player to the Royals you're the GM for this next 30 <laughs> seconds. What's the move you're making? A pitcher, for sure. Pitcher. All right. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, you Start don't have any. <laughs> the the yeah. rebuild kind of was when they got James Shield. So if you can get another ace like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Party like it's 2015. Which player would you want, Machado or Harper? I'm not a Harper fan. So oh. by, by default, I would Mike. say Machado. Yeah. All right. Well, Rayleigh, we thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. And thanks for putting up with us for nine weeks. It was awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, we thank Rayleigh for uh, indulging us. She is probably the nicest person I think I've ever met and worked Hard with. Hard worker, too, yeah. Um, we, work's going to stink for us once <laughs> she leaves. <laughs> so if you're, if, you're hiring, uh, if you're hiring in journalism, which yes. if there's one, one or two of you out there still <laughs> hiring in journalism, uh, Rayleigh Young's currently going to be uh, I think junior. Going into her junior year. Gonna, going into her junior year at Kansas. Uh, she's already better at this job than I am or Michael. Um, but that's it. That's the Baseball STL podcast this week. Thanks again to Birthday Mike for running the boards Kobe. and the mic. You can follow Mike on Twitter at MikeSteveRitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Bailey. but don't waste your time. We will see you again seven days from now. And in the meantime, be nice to each other.